Imagine waking up, just like you did the day before. You have a routine that you're comfortable with, a day that should go just like the last, and set the tone for the next. And then, all of a sudden, you begin acting different for reasons unknown. Your mood shifts from happy and ordinary to negative and unpredictable. You feel every downshifted emotion in the book. You feel ill. Your body literally aches. In a perpetual cycle of going from freezing cold to burning hot, you are stuck in this perpetual cycle, and every moment is more miserable than the last. Now imagine you're watching this nightmare happen to you, trapped behind your own eyes like a prison cell. You have no idea what is wrong with you, and worse, no one else does either. Not even that description can compare to the feeling of being possessed. Some argue demons aren't real, and it's all simply in your mind. And if that's the case, we have very reliable and articulate storytellers that have passed down identical records of possessions. That are somehow immune to the game of telephone. But if demons are real, there is no greater tool to use against you than your own mind. Before we can talk about this case, we need to understand what being possessed actually means. By literal definition, it means to have, own, or control something. It is derived from the Latin word possessio which basically means the same thing. In a spiritual sense, someone who is possessed is being controlled by a dark spirit, such as a demon, without their consent, and is typically the result of a person's actions, actions that led to an increased susceptibility to that dark entity's influence. The quote-unquote cure of possession is an exorcism, which can be tied back to biblical events, some even detailing Jesus as the executor of those exorcisms. The ultimate goal is to drive the dark entity, demon, jinn, whatever you want to call it, out of the host. Due to the movie The Exorcist, a large portion of the population is under the impression that exorcisms are predominantly a Catholic practice. And that is not even remotely true. What makes possession and exorcism so reviled around the world and throughout history are the consistent depictions and records of the events that have taken place throughout most religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, Orthodoxy, Catholicism, Judaism, Taoism, just to name a few, all have a very long history and records of possessions and exorcisms being practiced. 2,000 years ago, the majority of the population was heavily involved in some religious sect. Today, although a great deal of the world practices and treasures their religion, it is on a slow but steady decline. So what does a possession look like in an ever-decreasingly religious world? Stamatis's story describes that in detail. In November of 2006, Amy climbed into the open window of her second-story home and sat on the windowsill, 
she sat with her back facing the wind as she aimlessly stared into her home. After some time, she plummeted to the ground, hitting a solid brick patio, landing directly on her head. She did not jump. Amy was a healthy wife and mother just a few months before her life-changing fall. She was a flight nurse who often worked 24-hour shifts. And this specific shift, she worked from 7 to 7. Amy and her team flew to pick up a burn patient who had been severely burned in an explosion. After they picked up the patient and made it back to the hospital, Amy began writing out her report as she always did when suddenly she felt uneasy. She described feeling that something was just off and her mind seemingly went out the window, which to her was abnormal as she was someone who was not currently on and never needed medication. She was in perfect health mentally and physically. The discombobulation continued throughout her shift and the next day, Amy, a marathon runner, went on a run with her friend. Throughout the run, she noticed she couldn't even keep herself in a straight line. Every other second, she would find herself weaving in and out, unable to maintain a straight run. When she got home, she told her husband she felt like she was having a nervous breakdown. Within just a few days, Amy's physical and mental health declined into a plight and eventually she was put into a psychiatric hospital for treatment. She stayed in the hospital for a couple of weeks while doctors tried to diagnose her condition. After some time, she was sent as a patient to the same hospital she was a flight nurse in for seizure testing. She was released with nothing but antidepressant prescriptions, which she stated had zero effect on her. Over the next couple of months, she was in and out of different hospitals looking for a diagnosis, but received nothing. Meanwhile, her conditions continued to get worse, and her actions became more and more bizarre. She would scream at her friends, remove her clothing in public, and at one point, she even stood on the edge of a seventh floor of a parking structure contemplating suicide. She claimed to have heard voices telling her to kill herself. This all came to a head when she fell from her second story home, paralyzing her from the waist down. Amy says she didn't attempt to brace herself or soften her fall, which is almost impossible to not do when you're in a position where you can get severely injured. She recalled sitting on the ledge, thinking that if she fell, she would probably die. She had broken her back in three places, punctured both of her lungs, and broke all of her ribs. Amy was rushed to the ICU, barely clinging to life. Cindy Lawson, a Pentecostal evangelist and self-proclaimed exorcist who had performed about 10 exorcisms or demon castings, heard of the incident through Amy's church. Lawson said that God spoke to her and instructed her to go to the hospital where Amy was recovering and cast the demons out of her. When she entered the hospital room, she said she could see the demons. A friend of Amy told her that Lawson was there to pray over her. In her response, she said that she or something that was inside of her growled at Lawson. 
Amy asked her why she was there and Lawson immediately began the exorcism by wiping anointed oil across Amy's forehead. She uttered a few sentences in the name of the Lord and almost immediately Amy's facial expressions changed and soon after her mental capacity returned to normal as if nothing had ever happened. Amy doesn't remember the exorcism but she did have a number of family members present when it happened. All who stayed the experience was absolutely real, and the results of the exorcism were almost instantaneous. So why were the doctors not able to establish a diagnosis for Amy before a self-proclaimed exorcist could? They're doctors. Their studies and results are science-based. They have to put a scientific name to the cause before working on a solution which they weren't able to do so. And it's important to understand the difference between the view of possession from a medical point of view rather than a spiritual point of view. A lot of the symptoms of possession, hysteria, convulsions, missing memories, look similar to conditions like epilepsy or schizophrenia. And the practice of exorcism isn't recognized by most medical entities to date. Nevertheless, Amy, a nurse herself, maintains her position that she was possessed and successfully exercised and unfortunately has to live with the reminder of the possession for the rest of her life. What do you guys think? Was Amy possessed? Are possessions and exorcisms real? If they are, what could have caused Amy's possession? Drop a comment below and let me know. Thank you guys for watching. Subscribe to see more rationalized takes on dark topics. And be sure to check out our other channels, Rank True Crime, where we cover anything under the umbrella of crime and unbelievably bizarre and peculiar, where we cover just about any modern or historical events that are so bizarre you couldn't make it up. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.